Hey there, welcome to our football show. I'm Chris Pugh. As always, I got uh, Canton Repository sports writer Peter Hall Jr. with me. That's a mouthful. Peter, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> it's not that much of a mouthful. You should be used to it this by now. Yeah, I know, but it just uh, maybe I'm a little tired tonight. Like, you know, saying that all together was like I'm always tired, Chris. Stop working too hard. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> working on, um, you know, I got my new job now. I was working on a big story, and yeah, it took up a decent chunk of my day. So, yeah, lots of fun stuff going on. Um, yeah, but we're here to talk some football tonight. Um, let's first talk about Ohio State. Never a pretty easy win for Ohio State. They played uh, Michigan State. 49 to 20. Um, CJ Stroud, another big game. You know, I I think let's start here. I think Ohio State fans should enjoy this. I mean, there's college football teams that are struggling right now. There's teams that you know are letting their coaches go and losing the horrible teams. I mean, yeah, I think I've been accused in the past of saying you're saying these games are boring. I mean we should just enjoy them. Maybe I shouldn't say they're boring. I mean, hey, Ohio State's ruling college football right now. Yeah, there's going to be some really challenging games coming up, but let's enjoy the easy ones while we can, right? I don't know where I don't know where people are saying that is boring because as far as we know, these last couple of weeks has been far from it, especially the fact that um, Ohio State can figure out ways to win. Um, even when it looks like they don't look like they're supposed to be dominating if you actually watch the game. But they still, obviously, they look like the better team. Like, there was even a question when CJ Stroud threw that pick six. It was like, oh, my God, we might see it upset. But then he bounced back and threw in six touchdowns. So, yeah, I kind of, I definitely understand that logic. But at the same time, I think it's more of thinking if it's Ohio State really – top tier or more like can they go toe to toe with the SEC teams or if they go go and go against some um, teams in the Big Ten like Michigan or Penn State um later down the road. Are they really for real? And I want while we're looking at the their, their schedules and blowing all the teams that they've blown out, that's not really telling them that much. So I don't know if it's not it's not like them they're bored upon that is more of that. Are they very convinced that they can go toe to toe with a more worthy opponent? Yeah, and we'll talk about that uh, in a second. They've got uh, some interesting games coming up. I, I'm not sure if there's any games that are going to trip them up, but th- there's some interesting games coming up. But first, before we get to that, I am shocked. What the heck happened to Michigan State? I know they. I uh, lost some people from last year's team. But, you know, they paid Mel Tucker $90 million over 10 years. Usually when you do that, you say, man, this coach is going to get us going. Man, Michigan State had a rough year this year. Um, It's probably – it's really not really Mel Tucker's team. I think they're still in that rebuild process. Obviously, they had expectations because Mel Tucker – is um, a well-respected coach for for many of years. But I think with this Michigan State team that, yeah, they lost a lot of talent, but, yeah, he's still building 
the talent that he building a team that he visions. And that's why they believed in him and why they gave him that long-term contract. And right now they're in the early stage of that. So we're not going to see Mel Tucker's guys as uh, the coach in the past as of right now. So, so for a lot of teams, it's going to get uglier before it gets prettier. And it's going to take a lot of recruiting until we see some relevancy from Michigan State. Yeah, and they lost their big guy last year. I mean, they had um, what was it, um, Kev Walker, um, you know, who did lost uh, their big running back. Man, Kev Walker's looking good. I saw a long touchdown from him in, with his NFL team, Seattle. And yeah, oh. my goodness, I didn't see that. Good, glad to see Kev Walker doing well because there was oh, a problem yeah. with his health um, and early in the season, um, early before the season, but. Yeah, good, good for him. Then getting his feet wet. Oh no, yeah, he's looking good. And I'll, I'll tell you, uh, Chris Carson, you know, is gone, and uh, Brad Penny is out for a long time. So uh, there's some blocker chance of shining. I mean, I think he's going to be the, the number one back this weekend. So uh, you know, if any of you out there play fantasy football, that's my guy to pick up for the weekend. Uh, <laughs> he could really break out really good for Seattle. Well, the only one. Well, at least he has Geno Smith at quarterback. So that's more. That's even better for Seattle. Oh, I I can't hear you. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, like I said, I think Michigan State does have horses. Uh, I think the one thing with Mel Tucker, uh, you can make argument that they probably overpaid for him a little bit, but at least the good thing is you got consistency. You got, like you said, he can build up the program that he has. Uh, having a 10-year contract when he goes recruit guys, you know, he can say, look, I'm going to be here, you know, unless, you know, somebody hires me away or anything. So, yeah, I think better days are to come for Michigan State. Um, some interesting games, like you said, were coming up for Ohio State. Uh, this weekend, they play Iowa. Um, I don't know. Iowa always makes me nervous. Uh, a couple years ago, Iowa had that big upset versus Ohio State. I will say, Iowa's a different team this year. Iowa's defense is pretty good. Iowa has no offense. <laughs> so, I think as long as Ohio State scores 14 points, they'll, they'll be fine this weekend. Well, it'll be interesting to see how they their uh, offense does against a better defense in Iowa. I mean, isn't that what Iowa's always been? No, no offense, but pretty good on defense. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's always they they always been with. Well, this year's been crazy. I mean, they've had games where they've won with just safeties and everything. I mean, it's been you know their offense oh. historically awful. Right. Last week against Illinois made me sick to my stomach. I don't know how people will watch all four quarters of that. Oh yeah, rough football. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be the guy if my job was selling season tickets to Iowa, single game tickets for Iowa. That'd be kind of rough, man. I don't know how they do it. That's pretty bad. But uh, I, I don't. I don't think there's enough. So I think Ohio State's clearly the better team. Um, they'll probably. They're probably going to do like like what Rutgers do and give them like a give them like a scare for like maybe a few for a few minutes or maybe for like a quarter, but then once they get rolling, 
going to get rolling. So. Yeah, I mean, they don't have the offense to keep up with Ohio State. Um, I, I like to see how C.J. Stroud – it seems like defenses have kind of taken away the deep pass. Uh, obviously, Ohio State's been without a couple guys. Um, you know, they've lost the running backs from time to time. Um, Smith and Jinla is still out. And it'll, it'll just be interesting to see. I, I, I like to see how C.J. Stroud does against the defense of Iowa. I, I think Ohio State wins, and I think Ohio State wins pretty easily. But at the same time, it'll be interesting to see how, when you get to games later in the year, how CJ Stroud does against a better um, defense. So, um, yeah, so I'm with you. I think Ohio State wins pretty easily. Uh, I don't know, maybe 35 3 or something, 38 3. I don't know if they're going to score a ton, but I think the. You know, obviously they got a lot more horses than Iowa does. Um, is that what you're thinking score wise for this weekend? I'm thinking 41 7. Okay, very good. Um, couple of interesting games, and you know, we're going to talk about these each week, but let's uh, point out a couple ones coming up. Man, uh, Penn State's 5 and 0. And uh, next weekend, uh, as of now, the game hasn't been scheduled. But assuming both teams stay undefeated, I can see that being maybe a, a good primetime Saturday night game for ABC. Ohio State-Penn State. Now, I still think Ohio State's got more talent. But, man, that's probably going to be the biggest test they've had all year. That's definitely going to be as good as it gets once Ohio State and Penn State go against each other. So, um, that's definitely going to be a game to watch uh, next week. And it wouldn't surprise me that would be the next college game day, to be honest. Um, if, um, but Penn State, they got a challenge on their, on, with their own right because they got to deal with Michigan. So that's definitely going to be uh, a, definitely a test um, for Penn State to see where they are, if they really are a contending Big Ten team. And Michigan, same goes for them. You know, um, they're really they're really great within their own right. So um, this will definitely we're definitely gonna see what what the Big Ten's about with with those three teams for these next couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I wonder is that Michigan Penn State game? Is that the Fox game at noon? Yeah, it's a noon game at Fox. Yeah, I'm wondering if you might even see. I, I mean, Ohio State Penn State would make. Great sense for a Saturday night game, you know. Uh, I'm sure Penn State's going to bring out that whiteout and everything, but who knows? Maybe it'll be the Fox game. You never know. Well, is that is that Michigan though? And Michigan don't play at night. No, no. I, I'm talking about the Penn State Ohio State game. Oh, week. Penn State Ohio State. Um, yeah, that it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me either. I would expect that. Um, especially that Ohio that Penn State they love to do their little whiteout, and this would yeah. be the time to do that. So, yeah, I could definitely see that be a primetime game for sure. Yeah, and that's been a good primetime game in the past. It's just funny. I'm not sure how they pick it, but the Fox big noon kickoff seems to be a big deal for them too. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that whole thing um, shapes out. Uh, a quick look at the rest of the schedule. I mean, Ohio State's at Northwestern. Northwestern's rough this year. Uh, Ohio State then hosts Indiana. Um Indiana's three and three, but I don't see that being an issue. Um, then after that, I, I'm not picking upset, but 
Man, Ohio State gets Maryland. Maryland kind of gave Michigan a run for their money. They had two his little brother being be the quarterback. Uh, that might be interesting to see how that goes, see if Maryland can put a little bit of a scare in Ohio State. They beat number four, so it it wouldn't be a surprise if they will get them a scare as well. So I'm with you on the upset part. Um, Maryland has really been um, solid um, as far as – as far as being in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten, um, not, nothing in particular, but they can probably hang around with Ohio State. But um, I think Ohio State, I, I, I wouldn't expect them to play under their, their level to the point that it would be an upset. But it, but I could definitely see definitely them giving them a, a run for their money. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that whole thing um, shapes out. And then, yeah, the big one. Week after that, Michigan and Ohio State. As of the moment, they're both undefeated. Um, it may change this weekend with Michigan and Penn State, though. Yeah, um, it's just a matter of time when those guys, uh, when those two teams goes toe to toe, and see if they, if um, the two remain undefeated. And it also is very important too because they're in the same division, so it's gonna, they're going to have to go. Winner will. Obviously, the winner will win their division and will compete for the Big Ten championship and probably get a spot in the top four. So that's definitely important. And style points matters as well. So um, even going a little bit too far ahead, but but right now for the for both Ohio State and Michigan, it's just get through week to week with their um with their opponents and it's just a matter of time of when the big game is going to happen. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, let's try to touch it to the NFL. Kind of a weird week when we're looking at the Browns, Bengals, and the rest of the AFC North. Uh, Browns, uh, man, not a great weekend for their defense. Um, you know, Miles Garrett coming back from the accident, he played. Um, you, you know, that's got to affect you a little bit. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I can't say and tell you how much it affected him. But, you know, I'm sure he was 100%. Uh, Jaden Jadavion Clowney came back. Uh, but, man, a rough day for the uh, Browns defense, man. Over 200 yards rushing. Um, and Joe Woods now finds himself out of a job as a defensive coordinator for the Browns. Uh, they lost. Yeah, we should say the score. Sorry about that. Uh, they lost the, the Chargers, I believe, 30-28. to They're hanging around that game. Chargers are a good team. Uh, but the defense kind of let them down. And, um Browns didn't get close enough for a, a good final kick. Um, you know, the kicker can make long field goals, but, you know, when you do over 50 yards, those aren't guaranteed. And, you know, he missed that at the buzzer uh, for the Browns' loss. And then Jacoby Brissett, a interception inside the 20 that didn't help things on the previous possession. Um, and the Browns made some history um, here. Their interim defensive head coach, Kaylee Bowerstein, I believe that's how we say her name. Uh, first female coordinator in NFL history. So Browns made some news. Well, what do you think about the defense? What do you think uh, Kaylee's going to have to do to make things better? Tackle better? Yeah. Um, I, think, I, I don't know how else we could say. I mean, you really you really want to get – you really lost to a charter team that was actually ranked last in rushing. That's also a thing that really – was really bad on Cleveland side, um, so it's not a good look when you let someone like Austin Eckler, who's a really good running back, but you have him rush for 173 yards. 
Uh, yeah. you, you cannot afford that. Uh, it's bad enough with your defense, especially at the linebacker spot. I think that's the real problem is their linebacker riot. It's the linebacking um, core because um, they don't have their middle linebacker, and they literally, right after the game, they make a big trade in adding Deion Jones. So you hope that he can um, give them that spark or that boost to um, turn this defense around. So, yeah, and um, I did saw the whole um, fire Joe Woods. It was a, it was like a hashtag um, after the game. But um, at the end of the day, is I wouldn't even put too much on the blame on the defensive coordinator. It's, I think it's more of a collective thing, man. Some could say it was dumb. The, the bad play calling, some can say that it's just poor execution. It can go either way. So I don't think I wouldn't put too much on with Joe Woods when, but I'm not going to say that he was part of the problem, but at the same time that he he's not the only problem that's going on with Cleveland right now as far as on the defensive side. Well, I think with Woods, sometimes you need a new voice. I mean, you're right. It's not that, you know, the Browns are going to become the steel curtain, you know, by just changing defensive coordinators, but sometimes you need a new voice. I mean, I honestly, Peter, I don't know much about Woods' coaching philosophy or how he is, so I couldn't tell you if he was a great leader or a bad leader or whatever. But you, you know, sometimes you just need a different voice leading guys. I mean, it happens in business, happens in football too. Um, what do you know about Deion Jones? Uh, you, you've talked a lot about the Falcons in the past. Um, he gets hurt. He was hurt, right? But um, when he's healthy, he's really good. Uh, do you think he, he was, can make a difference? He was a pro bowler um, a few years back. Um, yeah, he had um, – I think he, he was dealing with um, injuries prior to the season. Uh, I think he got like a surgery. I don't remember exactly what he was where he was hurt. Um, but – he knew he was on his way out in, in Atlanta after they gave him that contract. There was just really not a fit there, so that's why they uh, restructured his deal and um, and see if see if they could find a trade partner that could afford him. So, um, Dion could probably make it. Uh, probably, probably good. Uh, could uh, probably make a somewhat of a difference in the line in that linebacking corp. Um, I don't know exactly how they're going to utilize him. If he's going to be that inside linebacker, or you want to move him around at the um, at the weak spot. Um, so it's curious to see the how they're going to utilize him if he fits uh, the scheme um, of the Browns defense with Joe Woods. Well, now you know the new the new woman, yeah, Bowerstein, with Woods being gone. Um, it'll be interesting. To see oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, and, and this you bring in new ideas too. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's hard sometimes in the middle of the season. You know, you can't just attend and say, "All right, here's a totally new defensive playbook." I mean, I'm sure there'll be differences. I'm sure she's not going to say, "Let's do the exact same thing," but you can't rip everything up either. So it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. Yeah, you know, it, they got to they got to move stuff around, so they have to get all this figured out and. um We'll see what um we'll see what um what Bearstein um oh no I'm sorry uh Callie Brownson's gonna do with uh okay. yeah Callie Brownson is his name and we'll see what um what his defense gonna what they're capable of but um it's not gonna be easy role for them because they got the New England Patriots so um 
the Patriots, they are they are pretty good at running the football as well. Um, even though they're not exactly where they are at as in the past with Bel Belichick. And um, I don't know what the current stat with Mac Jones if he's gonna play or not. But if they're gonna lose to a guy named Bay Zap, a, a late a what it, I think it was a, like a late round rookie at Western Kentucky, something is wrong. So well, and here's the thing about him is you know, he's not turning the NFL apart, but he's not making mistakes. And, you know, as you said, Patriots have a pretty good run uh, offense. You know, they got to stop the run. If, if they play like against the Chargers, uh, Zap doesn't have to throw that much. He can just give it to the running backs a lot. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, yeah, I'm I'm excited for um, Cali. Um, I, you know, anytime there's a – a hurdle that we get past, you know, for a long time it was, I, I love the article you wrote a, a few weeks back about uh, the quarterbacks like Doug Williams coming back to Hall of Fame and talking about being the first black quarterback and uh, Joe Gillum of the Steelers too. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what the reception is and, and how she does. I mean, this is the first game a woman has coordinated in NFL history. And, you know, if you do a good job in, NFL hit, in coaching in the NFL, no one's going to sit there and notice who you are. Sometimes, um, like, when you do a bad job, everyone looks and says, hey, here's a coordinator that's messing up. But love to see how she does. It's going to be exciting to see what happens there. At the end of the day, um, football is football. I mean, it doesn't really matter if if you're a female or if you're a male, you know. look. I mean, look what um, – we can look at the NBA side of what Popovich did with Becky Hammond um, working um, as an assistant. And some say that Becky Hammond was more cut out to be an NBA coach. Um, yeah. but, and look, and look what happened. She became, she became a WNBA champion, a champion in her first year. So yeah. who knows? Maybe Callie Bronson. I mean, I haven't really looked into her or what her background is. Um, but uh, if she could make a difference uh, leaning to defense, then this could be a major barrier, a major barrier for more female coaches. So I'm totally all for it. Yeah, I'm excited to see what she does. And, and she's coming in a tough position as an interim. You know, sometimes you just kind of keep the ship somewhat afloat. I mean, it's going to be tougher, but it'd be good to see what happens. Uh, Pierre, I don't think you were in Ohio at the time. Uh, this is a former Browns regime, but. Uh, I think they were trying to get some PR hits or something. Uh, I don't know if you remember, the Browns was looking for a head coach, one of the 50 times they'll look for a head coach in the past 10 years or so. And there was this rumor that they were actually talking to Condoleezza Rice to be their head coach, which is wild. I mean, at least with Callie, she's had coaching experience. Uh, Condoleezza Rice, she was, what, the Secretary of State for a while. You know what I mean? In the U.S. Was it? Was it for the head coaching job or was yeah. it? I thought well, it was like a front office job. No, well, I, I think they also looked there for a front office job, but it was funny. They kind of threw that out there and everyone's like, what? Why didn't she be a coach? And that story died down. I'll be honest with you, Peter. I think what happened is somebody in the Browns front office had that thought. Maybe they even gave her a call and said, hey, would you ever consider this? And sometimes I think with the media, these teams throw out ideas. Like somebody leaked it to somebody to me and say, hey, we're kind of looking at Condoleezza Rice. And there was, I mean, everyone was like freaking out. Like, what are you doing? And I think it slowed down after that. You know what I mean? 
they kind of threw out, out there as a test to see how the public would react. So I don't think it was super serious, but the, I think a conversation was had somewhere in the front office. Yeah, it, it was a wild time to be a, be a Brown support at that time, Peter. <laughs> yeah, what, what a, yeah, what a yeah, crazy man. team. It was definitely way before I came here, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it was probably about five years ago at least. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I was still living in Kansas when – Yeah, well, and it was a big deal for a day. And, and like I said, I – when those things happen, I think the conversation happened, but I'm not sure how serious the guy. I think they just floated to me to see what happened. And, you know, Brown they should hate it. You know, they freaked out about it. So it was kind of rough. Um, let's talk about the Bengals. Interesting game. They were in Baltimore. Um, you know, the way it looks now, uh, Bengals and the uh, Ravens are the class of the AFC. Um, I heard um, the Cincinnati Inquirer reporter, um, uh, Kelsey uh, was talking about it, and she was saying, hey, I, I think they're going to split the series. And she actually predicted the Ravens to win. Our uh, Ravens ended up winning by two. Uh, Justin Tucker's amazing. <laughs> uh, he kicked the field goal to lead the Ravens the to win. He's the goat of all kickers. Yeah, um, that, that doesn't surprise me too much. I mean, I don't think the Bengals should hang their heads too much in shame. But it's interesting. Bengals are two and three. I mean, their season's far from over, but, you know, probably not the greatest loss for the Bengals. Um, what did that game tell you, the Bengals-Ravens game? Did uh, any takeaways from that? Not much, other than the AFC North is still wide open, you can pretty much say. Um, uh, seeing that the Baltimore is now in control at 3-2, and two, but Cincinnati and is two and three tied with Cleveland, and so I so yeah, it's still everyone's game. It's still early in the season. Still trying, still we'll figure things out as far as with consistency and on off. Um, but as, other than that, it could be worse. You could be Pittsburgh. So yeah, we're we're gonna talk about that in a second. I'm I'm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've got a Steelers podcast. It's probably going to be a lot of yelling and screaming because that was a, a rough one. Um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we'll talk to Steelers for a little bit here. Um, look at the Bengals' upcoming schedule. They're at the Saints. Saints are kind of weird. They play well sometimes. They play bad other times. Uh, then they're home against the Bengals. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. They're the Bengals. They're home against the Falcons. Uh, Falcons are two and three. You know, they're not a horrible team. I, I mean... They beat the Browns. They yeah. beat the Browns. <laughs> well, I think Cincinnati's favorite in both games. But both games are weird enough that you never know what might happen. The Saints play better in some games. They don't play as good in others. And then, that, yeah. And NFC then, South as a division is always weird. Uh, there are some times yeah. they look like they... They could be a well component, well opponent, and then the following week they just look like they have no business being in that game. So I don't know what we're gonna see with the Saints. Um, it also really depends on what I don't know what the stats with Jameis Winston because he was dealing with a back injury and they had Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton um, as their as a starter, um, to replace him. So I don't know if he, that was gonna be a plan of Jameis of him playing. Um, with the Bengals, if so, I'm sure they're going to prepare as if he's going to play. 
Um, so and that and is at New Orleans, so it is always tough to play out there and up in um Mercedes Benz. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing more about Dalton potentially playing. It's interesting, you know, Andy Dalton's getting older, but man, I looked at that um Saints Seahawks game last week and said, Man, there's not gonna be as much scoring. And my goodness, Andy Dalton and Geno Smith were locking horns, they were <laughs> putting up the points. And you know, the funny thing about the Saints, man. Taysom Hill. I mean, I think Dalton played okay, but man, Taysom Hill, who plays tight end, quarterback, a bunch of other places, uh, he had a couple touchdown runs, a, a throw, yeah, a key block on another thing. Hill's kind of an amazing player. He's crazy to watch. Taysom's okay. He's this is how the it's just the way he utilizes him, and he's very um yeah. athletic. Um, so definitely will be exciting, exciting to watch of. How they're going? How the defense will uh will match up with Taysom? Where he's going to line up, or where he's going to be? Is he going to because they might might use him at Wildcat, or they'll probably um you put him in the backfield. You know, they're going to use him in so many ways where the defense has to prepare for that. Uh, I think it'll probably a better matchup. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing. It's probably um uh. I want to see how the Saints and the how the Bengals would um well what was thinking lost my train of thought for a second. Uh, I want to see how they stack up when um with Alan Kamara. You know, I yeah. think that's another um, a pretty a pretty good matchup um with their with their linebacking core going against Alan Kamara and his caliber. Um, if they were able to, to stop the run for for a minute, I know Alan Kamara hasn't been healthy. And um, we'll see how until he'll be good to go on Friday. So, and other than that, um, Saints are electric um, as far as yeah. with their weapon. It's not just with Taysom Hill and Kamara, but their rookie Chris Olave. He's a stud. Um, well, um, so they got weapons all over. So to make any Don's job easier or um, Jameis. So, um, so it'll definitely see how the Bengals would. Um, match up with some of their young talent out there. Yeah, I'd say Bengals by three if I had to pick. Um, yeah, Bengals, they're two and three. They're not in, in a bad spot, but, man, these are two games they need to win. And, and they could be four and three. Then they go up on Monday night to play the Browns. You know, I, I know it's easy to say, well, they're the Browns have Jacoby Brissett. They don't have Deshaun Watson. But at the same time, Browns haven't played too bad. Um, the defense, if they can get that defense back in the right spot, they may be in better shape. Um, I'm looking at the Ravens' schedule real quick. I'm just wondering uh, what the next couple games look like for them. I'm trying to hold off our discussion about the Steelers because I, I really don't get angry tonight, but it's been tough. <laughs> um, um, Ravens, kind of a wild thing. I want to ask you about this real quick. Um, Next week, they go to the Giants, where in past years you'd say, yep, Ravens by 100. But, man, the Giants are 4-1. They're playing well. I can't figure out what they're doing. I mean, Daniel Jones is still Daniel Jones, but they're 4-1. What do you attribute the Ravens doing well to? Surprised you mentioned Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley. How about him? Yeah, I mean, the Giants doing well, yeah. He looked like he's the best running back. He's in the best running back right now. So that that kind of – you can start with that. Um so the Ravens defense is still 
still not up to par. And so, and they got a game plan against uh, a tough runner like Saquon. But other than that, coaching also does matter. And Brian Dable has definitely made a major difference of um, this Giants team, you know, even in its first year, seeing, just seeing them how they just stacked up against the Green Bay Packers, you know, it was definitely – you could definitely credit to Brian Dable and the coaching staff for um, hanging in there and um, was able to get it done all the way in England. So, yeah, the Giants, they're the Giants, so they better look out for them. They could probably take the division. Uh, yeah, eye-opening win for the um, you know Giants last week against the Packers over in London. Um, you know, Ravens have got an interesting schedule coming up. They're at New York, the Giants. Then they come home to host the Browns. Then they go to play Tampa Bay. At Tampa Bay, it's a Thursday night game. Uh, then they get a bunch of rest. Uh, they go to New Orleans on Monday night. And then they host Carolina. So they got a couple tougher games coming up. It's going to be interesting to see how they, um, you know, how they can, if they can continue to win or not. Um, you know, Ravens could come back down to the AFC North. So, you know, the Ravens and the Browns definitely are out of it uh, by any means. Well, um, at least at least with the Ravens, after that, after the Saints game, things were gonna things are going a little get easier for them. You know, the Panthers who do just fight Matt Rule this week. Um, right. The Broncos. I mean, did you saw the Thursday game uh, against the Indianapolis Colts? Come on now, you don't tell me the Ravens can't can't put a punch on the Broncos, um, and then the Steelers. So, well, we don't want to get to your Steelers, <laughs> but uh, right. well, so we it, got so it'll probably it'll probably get a little bit easier for them as it goes. You know, um, just I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers probably will be their toughest one, but I think they will definitely. Um, I can see them making a, a huge run, winning at least four of the next five. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Steelers, man, what a mess. I, I'll tell you, I, there is so much going against them right now. I, I think part of it, uh, Peter, I was kind of looking at this. Um, I think they naively thought that, you know, they definitely didn't have the quarterback to match up with a lot of the other great quarterbacks in the AFC. So I think they looked at and said, hey, if everyone stays healthy, we got a really good defense. And I agree. If everyone stays healthy, they do have a really good defense. Nobody's healthy. I mean, everyone's getting hurt. But and I can I don't excuse that, but I can kind of get that with all the injuries they have. I mean, they're not going to be what they were if everyone's healthy. But, man, Pierre, that offense, holy crap. Uh, Najee Harris is not the same guy he was last year. And I'll be honest with you, he wasn't a game-breaker last year either. Uh, he had that Liz Frank injury. Uh, that's, you know, holding him back. And, and, and Pierre, I'm not making excuses, man. I mean, they've got nobody. I mean, they got a rookie, Jalen Warren, who's okay. But, I mean, they got nobody behind him. I, I mean, this roster makeup is abhorrent. Um, you know, George Pickens is coming on. He's a really good rookie for the Steelers. But Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, man, they have regressed tremendously. And you, you went from a receiver core that I thought was pretty deep. They don't have that depth at all. And a lot of my Steeler friends are arguing, hey, is should they have benched Mitch Trubisky or started Kane Pickett? 
Peter, if they're so bad right now, they got to play Pickett just to see what they have. I, I mean, this ship is not turning around. And it's stunning to me uh, because Mike Tomlin, even with zero teams that weren't as good, they would at least come and fight for him and play well. I know Buffalo is a great football team. I mean, Buffalo may win the Super Bowl this year, but Pittsburgh showed no fight at all. I mean, Buffalo could scored 60 on the Steelers if they really wanted to. Um, I, I don't know what to say, man. I, I used to be able to tell you, even if they were bad, Tom could coax some wins out of them. Man, Pittsburgh's got um, – they're at Tampa – no, they host Tampa Bay. Uh, but but they've got their secondary is banged up. I mean, they were without their top three cornerbacks. Tampa throws a lot. You know, Brady's going to eat them alive. Then they got your Dolphins. And if they can't cover Tom Brady, how are they going to cover Waddle and Tyree Kill? And then they got the Eagles, which is a surprise team, too. Pierre, this could be 1 7 for Steelers in a few games. It's going to get uglier. It's going to continue yeah. to get uglier for the Pittsburgh, for sure. Um, Usually, when you think of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin, they're always going to, they're always going to remain competitive, or they're always going to go out swinging. And that Buffalo Bills game, I mean, I wouldn't even go as far as say that they they quit on the quit on Mike Tomlin or they quit on that game. I don't want to, I don't want to assume that because we don't know. But I don't think we're giving enough credit of how how elite this Buffalo Bills team is. Oh, yeah. And they are I, – I, I agree. I think this is a team that is destined to be a Super Bowl contending team. And, and I don't know. Um, with Pittsburgh, you know, they're, they're young. I think that's another thing that you got to take to a part as well is that they're young in all cylinders, you know, from – Starting Kenny Pickett, you know, at least at least with Kenny Pickett, at least he's showing some promises. So that's a, a positive note of that. Um, Najee Najee is going to do well when his offensive line is doing well, and offensive line is just as bad as what Najee is in the backfield. Um, I'm a big fan of George Pickens, especially when he's knocking knocking DBs out on their on their backs when he's blocking guys. I think he's a better blocker than he is. And he is as a pass catcher. Um, it's disappointing to see his fellow veteran receivers like Deontay and Chase Claypool not getting things done when you need him to. Um, just it's in the defense. Obviously, this team is built around TJ Watt. They have not watched since TJ Watt had um, got injured, and you just hope that he'll be he'll return sometime this season. Um, so, and we'll see. I, and the only Positive, other positive is Mika Fitzpatrick is your best player, but yet he got beat by Gabriel Davis twice. Uh, so there's all around, and oh, not to mention, didn't y'all had a kicker that missed the field goal as well? I mean, there's a lot of, or yeah, I mean, everyone was horrible. And uh, uh, man, this it this is an all around bad Pittsburgh Steelers team, and this is probably the worst we've seen during Mike Thomas' tenure. But I think Mike Tim deserves. At least a shot to see how he could respond after dealing with these kind of adversity, because at least he earns that right for all the things he's done for Pittsburgh. Well, it, here's the other thing I don't like. I, I've always liked Ryan Clark, their safety. Um, Ryan, we actually had Ryan Clark on one of these shows before, 
And yeah, great guy to talk to. I love Ryan Clark a lot. He's now ESPN. Well, Monday morning he makes comments saying, "Hey, the Steelers aren't fighting." And you know, Ryan Clark loves Mike Tomlin. Everything. And it's funny, and I know the guys are proud. I know the guys are are going to try to defend himself. But Deontay Johnson's like, "Well, he should come play if he really thinks he can help, or whatever this case might be." You know, Deontay Johnson had somewhat of a decent year last year. He held out. He won a lot of money. Stewart's gave him money, and he's regressed. You know, come on, Deontay. And, you know, Deontay's got thin skin. I, I, I mean, Pierre, try this. Uh, tweet something at Deontay Johnson where you're not telling him he's wonderful. He'll block you. Uh, he's blocked me. He's blocked <laughs> over Stewart's media all over the place. And it's like, dude, you're Wait, one did he block? Four. He, blocked oh, he blocked you. He blocks everybody, man. I mean, seriously, I'm, oh, wow. I'm far from the only one. And all I did, I think I tweeted out an article that I think we had in the Canton Repository one saying that he might not be the number one receiver on the Steelers. And this is like a year ago. This is when the Steelers had three or four good receivers, and he blocked me based on that. And I'm like, dude, you got thin skin, man. You know what I mean? And if you want to be a number one receiver, you can't take games off like you did against Buffalo. And, again, I know Buffalo's a great team and everything, but in the past, Mike Tomlin would have the Steelers at least ready to compete. Where, yeah, they, they may not have won games. I mean, there's years where Mike Tomlin was 8-8 eight and eight and everything. But, man, I mean, they looked outclassed. I mean, it, it was funny. And I'll say this too. Now, now you get me fired about the Steelers. One of the things that really stunned me about Mike Tomlin, I know you can't go for and fourth and 10 in the other team's, you know, zone or whatever. They're down by 21, and they're trying not to field goal or kick field goals. Pierre, it's the NFL, man. I mean, when you're down 21, you, you got to start going for it. You, you know, it doesn't help you get three back if you're down by 21. Tomlin did that twice, Pierre. And they asked him about after the game. He's like, well, I don't know what else to do. I mean, pretty much admitting they're bad. I mean, it'd be like if you asked Bowling Green, hey, why'd you do this when they played Ohio State? And they're like, well, look, we're Bowling Green, they're Ohio State. It's the NFL, man. Any given Sunday, teams could beat the other team. And Mike Tomlin kind of brought that Steelers team in like they were Bowling Green against Ohio State, you know? Hey, we want moral victories here or whatever, you know? Come on. You're the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the thing I didn't like about it, and I know Cam Haywood's hurt, I, I know he's probably not the guy that's screaming people in press conferences, but there's got to be a little bit more fire in that team. Um, a bunch of years ago, Steelers started the year 0-4. They ended up going 8-8. Eight eight. Well, they did that because they had guys on the team who had showed leadership. Who are those guys right now, Peter? They don't have it right now. It, it's just it's disappointing. But, you know, things will get better. might take a year or two, but things will definitely get better. All right. Um, hey, we're coming near the end. Um, anything going did on you, with you? you feel I was about to say, did you feel better after releasing that frustration, Chris? Do you feel better now? Yeah, here's the problem. Yeah, I love the guys that do the podcast, the series podcast. So, if we're gonna be podcasting later tonight, check it out. Here's the problem when you podcast, it's good to yell about something, you know what I mean? It's good to have like three guys, and one guy is pro this, and the other guy's pro that. Well, we have one guy that loves Kane Pickett. So he's talked all year about, I can't wait to watch Kane Pickett play. And the other guy's like, oh, I like Mitch Trubisky. So they're going to yell for 40 minutes on, should Kane Pickett start, or Mitch Trubisky start? They're missing the point. The Steelers have 18 other problems on that team, <laughs> a lot more serious than the quarterback situation. I mean, 
they're, they're a bad football team right now. And I'm going to make that point. They'll still argue for 40 minutes that who's a better quarterback. It's tough, man, to be honest with you. <laughs> All right, well, what's um, happening if you have the Canton Repository? Um, you still cover Masson, right? That's always been interesting. It's been interesting well, Masson, right? Well, Maslin don't play. Um, to, they don't play this week because they got this oh. little showcase for JV. So, um, got I I am working on a feat. I have been working on a feature on a former Maslin player who's at Miami, Ohio. Um, oh, Kaylin okay. Waller. Um, I just got it done. Got it on file. Um, hopefully, probably we'll have it published. Maybe, maybe on um over the weekend. So, so anyone on the mass on uh, the mass community, be on the lookout for that feature. Yeah, I'm sure I'll have that on the IndieOnline.com, the Mass Independent website, as well as mm-hmm. Canton Repository. Seriously, man, uh, we're taping this on Wednesday, October 12th. Another tough day for journalism with Gannett around the state. And seriously, guys, support local journalism. Um, you don't know what you have when you have journalism as compared to when you don't. And look, it, it's a tough time for journalism. This isn't just a... You know, it's not like they're just begging for money for the heck of it. I mean, journalism help your support with subscriptions and everything helps keep what they do alive, help keep Peter able to go out to football games and other stuff like that. So please support local journalism, support Peter and what he's doing. Uh, I, you may have said, I may have been thinking about something else. What, what high school game are you going to this weekend? I will be at, um, I'll be at Jackson. I'll be covering the Central Catholic versus Jackson. Ooh, Central Catholic Jackson should be interesting. Yep. I, I, I went to Louisville growing up, and Louisville needs to find a conference because they're non conference schedule. They lose everything. They always have to play bigger schools. So we got to find a conference for Louisville. So <laughs> Fair League won't help because Fair League's way too big for them. So they need to find a, a real small conference somewhere. Problem is, well, Susan, they got kicked out of their own conference, so where else should you go? So. <laughs> right. right. Um, yeah, check out our sponsors, man. Um, YouTube TV. My goodness, Peter. If you like watching sports, YouTube TV has a lot of great options for you. All the sports channels appear on Saturdays. I have about 15 choices at once of what college football game to watch. That's good, man. You got a lot of good choices. Um NFL, um, I, I get the sports package. I get to watch NFL Red Zone. Have you ever watched Red Zone before, Peter? Oh, yeah. I, I've seen Red Zone. I watch it a lot, actually. It's a lot. It's a little overwhelming at times, but, man, if you're a football fan. Oh, it's intense. I love it. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. so check our link. Um, you know, Click on the link. Try out Red Zone. It'll help you out. It'll save you some money. It'll help us out, too. Uh, do that. And also Cash App. Man, if you're trying to send money to everybody, uh, Cash App makes it so much easier. I, my lawnmower guy comes right when I'm in the middle of working. I can't go out and see him. So I see him, like, drive by his mower. I got my Cash App thing, put in the money, pay him. It takes me five seconds. Uh, so it, it's a great way of paying people. Or getting money if you're out with friends and you're trying to split a, a dinner check, Cash App makes life so much more easier. You can actually um, uh, play a stock market, invest in Bitcoin, uh, save at local restaurants. Lots of great uh, ways to use Cash App. All we're asking to do is download the app, 
Use our link down in the app. It helps us out. You don't have to spend your money to start. All right, um, Pierre, anything else going on with you before we take off for the night? Nope. Um, I'm definitely looking forward for next week. Um, it'll be McKinley versus Maslin. Rivalry oh. week. So, are, are, we, are we already the week 10 of the high school football season? It's crazy, right? Yeah, it's been going by pretty fast. So. I'm definitely excited to see what this rivalry is about. I didn't realize they have an actual parade called B. McKinley. Oh, yeah. I, I know it was a big deal, but I know it was like that a big deal where you make a parade out of the whole week is dedicated to beating McKinley and vice versa. So I'm definitely excited to see what this uh, McKinley Maslin rivalry is about next week. Yeah, a long time ago when they used to, you know, in newspapers where we used to be at the paper late at night and they had late deadlines and everything. I, I, I remember being at the old independent office uh, downtown and hearing the parade walk, you know, go by and very loud, very boisterous. A lot of uh, big McKinley, uh, well, not McKinley fans there, Massel fans there, of course. Uh, is that a game at Paul Brown this year or is that the Canton? Yes, I believe it's at. I think it's at Paul Brown. Wow, They've been because okay. they only had two road games this year. So, so yeah, I, I, it's at Paul Brown. It's going to be an interesting game. McKinley's had a huge turnaround. I know they have a rough start to the season, but man, they're they're beating up everybody now. So, who knows? Maybe they can make a run in the playoffs too. But it'll be interesting to see what, how they do against Maslin. So, yeah, looking forward to that game. Should be interesting to see who wins that. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Fantastic. All right. Well, Peter, as always, thanks for your time. It's always fun to talk to you. Uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. And for Peter, this is Chris. Thanks for checking our show. Peter, I stay awake for the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's only, what, 9 p.m. So if I fell asleep, I, I would be in trouble. But mm -hmm. all right. Well, have a great night, everybody. Thanks again. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.